Section 15 of Anton Chekhov and Other Essays. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Anton Chekhov and Other Essays by Lev Shestov, translated by John Middleton Murray and Samuel Kotelyansky. The Theory of Knowledge part five the first and the last in the first volume of human all too human which nietzsche wrote at the very beginning of his disease when he was still far from final victory and chiefly told of his defeats there is the following remarkable though half involuntary confession the complete irresponsibility of man for his actions and his being is the bitterest drop for the man of knowledge to drink since he has been accustomed to see in responsibility and duty the very patent of his title to manhood much bitterness has the inquiring spirit to swallow but the bitterest of all is in the knowledge that his moral qualities his readiness to fulfil his duty ungrudgingly gives him no preference over other men he thought he was a man of noble rank even a prince of the blood crowned with a crown and the other men boorish peasantry but he is just the same a peasant the same as all the rest his patent of nobility was that for which he fulfilled his most arduous duty and made sacrifices in it he saw the meaning of life and when it is suddenly revealed that there is no provision made for titles or patents it is a horrible catastrophe a cataclysm and life loses all meaning evidently the conviction expressed with such moving frankness in these words was with nietzsche a second nature which he could not master all his life long what is the superman but a title a patent giving the right to be called a noble among the canielli what is the pathos of distance and all nietzsche's teaching of ranks the formula beyond good and evil was by no means so all-destructive as at first sight it seemed on the contrary by erasing certain laws graven on the tablets of mankind of old that formula as it were revealed other commandments obliterated by time and therefore invisible to many all morality all good in and for itself is rejected but the patent of nobility grows more precious until it becomes if not the only value at least the chief life loses its meaning once titles and ranks are destroyed once he is deprived of the right to hold his head high to throw out his chest his belly even and to look with contempt upon those about him in order to show to what extent the doctrine of rank has become attached to the human soul i would recall the words of the gospel about the first and last christ who seemed to speak in a language utterly new who taught men to despise earthly blessings riches fame honors who so easily yielded caesar his due because he thought that only caesar would find it useful christ himself when he spoke to men did not think it possible to take from them their hope of distinction the first shall be last 
what will there be first and second there too yes so it stands in the gospel is it because there is indeed in the division of men into ranks something original and warrantable or is it because christ who spoke to humankind could not but use human words it may be that but for that promise and generally the series of promises of rewards accessible to the human understanding the gospel would not have fulfilled its greatest historic mission it would have passed unnoticed on the earth and no one would have detected or recognized in it the evangel christ knew that men could renounce all things save the right to superiority alone to superiority over one's neighbors to that which nietzsche calls the patent of nobility without that superiority men of a certain rank cannot live they become what the germans so appropriately called vogelfrei deprived of the protection of the laws since the laws are the only source of their right rude nonsensical disgusting reality against which i repeat their only defence is the patent of nobility the unwritten charter approaches them closer and closer with more and more menace and importunacy and claims its right if you are the same as all other men it says take your experience of life from me fulfil your trivial obligations worse than that accept from me the fines and reprimands to which the rank and file are subject even to corporeal punishment how could he accept those degrading conditions who had been used to think he had the right to carry his head high to be proud and independent nietzsche tries with dull submissiveness to swallow the horrible bitterness of his confession but courage and endurance even his courage and endurance are not enough for this his greatest and most terrible task he cannot bear the horror of a life deprived of rights and defences he seeks again for power and authority which would protect him and give him his lost rights again he will not rest until he receives under another name a restitutio in integrum of all the rights which had previously been his and surely not nietzsche alone acted thus the whole history of ethics the whole history of philosophy is to no small degree the incessant search for prerogative and privilege patents and charters the christians tolstoy and dostoevsky did not in the least differ from the enemy of christianity nietzsche the humble jew spinoza and the meek pagan socrates the idealist plato and the idealist aristotle the founders of the newest noblest and loftiest systems kant fichte hegel even schopenhauer the pessimist all as one man seek a charter a charter a charter evidently life on earth without a charter becomes for the best men a horrible nightmare and an intolerable torment even the founder of christianity who so easily renounced all privileges considered it possible to preserve this privilege for his disciples and perhaps who knows for himself too
whereas if nietzsche and those other philosophers had been able resolutely to renounce titles ranks and honours which are distributed not only by morality but by all the other sanhedrim real and imaginary which are set over man if they could have drunk this cup to the dregs then they might have known seen and heard much that was suspected by none before them long since men have known that the road to knowledge lies by way of a great renunciation neither righteousness nor genius gives a man privilege above others he is deprived forever deprived of the protection of earthly laws there are no laws to-day he is a king to-morrow a slave to-day god to-morrow a worm to-day first to-morrow last and the worm crushed by him to-day will be god his god to-morrow all the measures and balances by which men are distinguished one from another are defaced for ever and there is no certainty that the place a man once occupied will still be his and all philosophers have known this nietzsche too knew it and by experience he was a friend and ally and the collaborator of the great wagner the herald of a new era upon earth and later he grovelled in the dust broken and crushed and a second time this thing happened to him when he had finished zarathustra he became insane more exactly he became half idiot it is true he carried the secret of the second fall with him to the grave yet something has reached us for all his sister's efforts to conceal from carnal eyes the change that had befallen him and now we ask is the essence of life really in the rank the charter the patent of nobility and can the words of christ be understood in their literal sense are not all the sanhedrim set over man and as it were giving meaning to his life mere fictions useful and even necessary in certain moments of life but pernicious and dangerous to say no more when the circumstances are changed does not life the real and desirable life which men have sought for thousands of years begin there where there is neither first nor last righteous nor sinner genius or incapable is not the pursuit of recognition of superiority of patents and charters of rank that which prevents man from seeing life with its hidden miracles and must man really seek protection in the college of heralds or has he another power that time cannot destroy one may be a good able learned gifted man even a man of genius but to demand in return any privileges whatsoever is to betray goodness and ability and talent and genius and the greatest hopes of mankind the last on earth will nowhere be first End of section 15. End of Anton Chekhov and other essays by Lev Shestov. Translated by John Middleton Murray and Samuel Kotelyansky.